It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Ah, KT Live at Steiner's Pub. It is hump day, which means only one thing. 1750 North Buffalo is the location, and Thompson is here. Great show in store for you. Mark Lawrence going to join me in just a few minutes. Playbook Sports. A little past the bottom of the hour, Arthur DeCesar, Art Dice 21, going to join me from the Westgate Superbook. Lots going on playoff-wise, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball out of frenzy. Got the XFL, USFL, all that good stuff going on. And then uh, hour number two, JT the Brick going to make it into Steiners. Haven't seen JT in a while. And going to talk some Raiders, see where the Raiders are going draft-wise, what they uh, have done so far during the offseason and where JT thinks this team needs to improve as they head into another season under Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the uh, New England connection. We'll talk Raider football. We'll talk NFL draft. And JT, of course, a big Golden Knights supporter as well. And the Golden Knights taking it on the chin big time last night, 5-1 to one against Winnipeg. They best play better tomorrow or they'll be in a lot of trouble heading back to Manitoba. They ever lose tomorrow night, go down 0-2, head back for a couple whiteouts. Could be all over. They may not even bring it back to T-Mobile. So we'll expect a lot from the Golden Knights tomorrow night. Mark Lawrence is with us right now. Steiner's Pub, though, Mark's been out here. There's three Steiner's Pub locations in the Vegas Valley, 1750 North Buffalo. That's where KT is every Wednesday night, now 14 straight years. Uh, right there at Vegas Drive, so come on out on the west side. The original is also on the west side, 8410 West Cheyenne, and then you've got one in between South Point and Mandalay Bay right there, Las Vegas Boulevard and Windmill, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South. All three establishments, 24 hours, great food. KT starting with the typical lamb chops that he gets going, and then I got the burger, but I didn't want to do the fries or the onion rings tonight, so I had the homemade potato salad. My goodness, is that good. I mean, they make their own homemade salad dressings, homemade soups, and the uh, potato salad was absolutely outstanding and uh, good way to start. A little pre-show meal. Mr. Mark Lawrence, great to have you again on a Wednesday night. Lots going on in the association and on the ice. And uh, I was on your guys tonight, the Florida Panthers. They played well enough the other night in Beantown against the Bruins that I said, you know, they're a big-time dog. I like the way they play. They just couldn't put the puck in the net the other night. But I think they can hang with the Bruins. And they got that one nothing lead, then 1-1, then 2-1. 
And then Boston tied it literally as the power play was expiring. They were able to tie it up at two. But then Florida got that first goal in the third period and then kept adding on 4-2, 5-2, 6-2. Bruins got an oh-by-the-way goal, 6-3. Very impressive by the Panthers. And they head home all tied at one. And that's all you can ask for when you're going up against a team that kind of lapped the rest of the league during the regular season. Uh, it's what they did to make the National Hockey League playoffs. So they, they got in the tail end of the portion of the season, and uh, a little bit of momentum is carrying forward with this hockey team right now. They made the change in goal to Alex Lyon. He's played really, really strong between the pipes. Very confident team, and when they lost that opener 3-1, they really felt to a man that they played every bit as good as Boston did in that game, so they come out with a lot of a lot of uh, confidence in this hockey game tonight, and who knows what happens when they go back to Florida if they can split those two games here. I know Boston will look to split, but the Panthers are, I say, going back to Boston 2-2, they feel pretty good about themselves. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the way they played tonight, and they really look staunch in the uh, second period, but the third period, they came out, and they didn't play not to lose once they got that 3-2 lead, which was impressive. I was like, okay, let's uh, see if you can add on. And when they got that two-goal lead I kind of felt good but you know Boston's going to continue to come at you and then they got that three-goal lead and I said that's it that's the one they needed to get a 5-2 Boston uh, made it 6-3 at the end but it it was a really solid effort by the Florida Panthers and you're right Lion in goal 34 saves tonight gave up the three goals but against Boston up there in Beantown especially when you're playing with the lead and again that last goal literally inside the uh, last minute and a half so, outstanding effort by the Panthers. So, they equalize that series, send it back to Florida, all tied at one. And the Panthers, 500 team on the road, but pretty solid in Florida. So, we'll see if the team that had the most points in the NHL last year can upset the team that had the most points in the NHL this year, Mark Lawrence. Well, you know, there's a, a stat. Uh, we, I think we put it in tomorrow's Coffee Club, Kenny. It's, uh, it's about uh, number one seeds in the National Hockey League playoffs. And... Uh, how uh, over the last 10 years they've gotten beaten in the first round almost 50% of the time. Uh, you know, they're targeted hockey teams, and uh, the Panthers feel really bad about what happened last year when they won the President's Cup of the best record in all of hockey. They were taken out in the second round. They made that big trade with Huberto for Kachuk, and it really, really was a, a, a genius trade by the Florida Panthers, and they picked up Kachuk uh, on this hockey team because he's the glue to the team here right now, so... Hey, who knows? Anything can happen. Uh, number one seeds are not invincible in the National Hockey League playoffs. Yeah, and, he, and, and uh, Kachuk plays with uh, a lot of uh, vigor. I mean, there's no doubt. The guy is amped up, and he's uh, uh, kind of like one of those grit guys, as uh, Cam Gore would talk about. One of these guys, like he uses sandpaper as a reference to those guys that get in and mix it up. And there's no doubt that Kachuk, Great acquisition by the Panthers. 6-3. They roll in Beantown tonight to even that series up. Meanwhile, Carolina and the Islanders, they won an extra period. And uh, Carolina ends up winning 4-3. So two one-goal wins for Carolina. And, Mark, they are just lights out at home. But the Islanders have had opportunities to win both games on the road. They'll go back to the island. They'll have to get it done uh, twice in New York to send it back to Carolina. Tied at two apiece. Uh, tough losses and, and a demoralizing loss in overtime once you uh, take that uh, Canes team there, 2 OT, and they had the lead. The Islanders were down 2-0, but they came up with three unanswered goals and took a 3-2 lead, but then end up losing the game 4-3. So tough to go 0-2, but they're going home. They've got to take care of business and uh, hope they can steal one on the road if they can get it back to Carolina. 
Yeah, that would be nice if they can if they could steal one at home. This Carolina hockey team is for real. Uh, just to show you how good they are, Kenny, the last game of the regular season, the Florida Panthers hosted Carolina. They needed that win to avoid the Boston Bruins and couldn't get the job done at home. Uh, they rallied back in the third period to tie the game, but then uh, the bottom fell out on them. This is a very, very good Carolina Hurricane hockey team, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're somehow scratching and clawing and finding themselves in the finals of, the, of their conference. No doubt about it. I, I can't disagree there. Uh, Dallas had a 4-1 lead. They lost that double OT game to Minnesota the other night, but it's 4-3 now. Still second period, 5.55 to go. So the Wild, who got that double overtime victory the other night, 3-2, to uh, only down 4-3, to and this one we'll keep an eye on it. It's uh, pretty much a, I don't want to say a must win, but really Dallas does not want to go to Minnesota down 0-2 because – those wild fans, they are, you know, those will be sellouts and, and they'll be up against it. So we'll keep an eye on this one. Meanwhile, Edmonton, little deja vu. They're just hoping that it works out better as far as the final score. They led the LA Kings 2-0 after one in Alberta the other night. End up losing the game 4-3 to in overtime after giving the Kings three third period goals, including the equalizer with 17 seconds left in regulation. Edmonton has that 2-0 lead tonight after one. We'll see if they can extend on it. That's the one we played, minus a goal and a half, plus one 25 and uh, that is a look at hockey meanwhile NBA you knew with uh, Miami getting that win the first game Giannis goes down you just knew that even shorthanded without Giannis in game two that the Bucks were going to come a calling but my goodness Mark it looked like an NBA all-star game as far as the heat on defense I mean it's like 75 points or whatever they gave up in the first half uh, you know just exchanged buckets pretty much in the second half, cut into it a little bit, uh, but it was wire to wire Milwaukee, and nice effort. They had seven players in double figures, and everybody contributing. Drew Holiday, big game, but Brooke Lopez also stepping up big, and uh, Middleton, another good, solid game. So I expect that series uh, with Giannis, you know, potentially coming back. I could see that series going six or seven games with Miami. What's your take as the series now shifts back to Florida? Well, Miami has enough ability, ability, Kenny, I think, to win at least one more game in the series. Uh, but tip of the hat to Milwaukee. They played uh, without the main man tonight. They rallied around the absence of the star player, got the job done, uh, as most number one seeds do when they lose the first game of a National Hockey League, I mean, uh, NBA playoff series, which uh, we kind of laid that out in the coffee club, this uh, today's coffee club. We looked for that big effort by Milwaukee tonight. They did just that. Number one seed goes down that first game. They bounce back with a vengeance the next game. Mark, also the Lakers uh, playing a Grizz team that was shorthanded. No John Moran tonight. Lakers cut into a double-digit lead. They were down 15 at the half. Several times they got it down to six. But every time they got it to six, the Grizz had an answer. Got it back up to nine, ten, eleven, and uh, coasted to a 103-93 victory. Very solid game by the Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson Jr., and uh, really, really impressed with the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies tonight. They, too, had all five starters in double digits, and uh, off the bench, Kennard had 13 points. In fact, they had seven points in uh, just a few seconds as they got a three-pointer, and then Kennard stole the inbounds, uh, did a step-back three, and got fouled in the act of shooting, made the free throw, so literally seven points in just a couple seconds, and that was a big turn there in the first half, helped them extend the lead. They led it 59-44 at intermission, and they win the game 103-93. Going back to L.A., what's your take on that series? Uh, bad game by Anthony Davis tonight. LeBron had 28, but only one of seven from downtown. You think the Lakers can get both games in L.A. to send it back to Memphis? 
with a 3-1 lead, or do you think the Grizz and that young athleticism are going to be able to at least get one in L.A.? Well, they're going to need John Morant to get it one done in L.A., Kenny. Uh, you know, it was really another rally around the missing star player effort by the Grizz here tonight. But a team like that needed a victory like that. Uh, much the higher seed lost that first game at home, and kind of you don't really see these higher seeds lose two games in a row at home to open up a playoff series. So I wasn't really all that surprised at Memphis. I think they did the job that they needed to do. And I think uh, their goal here will be to go to L.A. and uh, win one of these two games and bring it back to Memphis. All right, and the Nuggets up 64-49 at halftime against Minnesota. They blew them out the other night by 40, and right now up 15, minus 8 tonight. Very tough in the altitude, and this T-Wolves team, they do have Rudy Gobert back, but uh, just not clicking on all cylinders as of yet. We'll see if they can turn it around in the third and fourth quarter in Denver. They need to get this one to send it back to Minnesota tied at one, but the Nuggets looking like potentially could take a 2-0 lead into Minnesota. All right, Mark, we've got games coming up tomorrow, and uh, let's just go down. I want to see uh, where you are as far as some of the series continuing in the association. Sixers up two games to none against the Nets, minus four and a half, 209 and a half your total at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn against the Nets. Your take on the Sixers and Joel Embiid haven't been as fluid as they probably wanted to be, but a nice little cussing out there by Coach Doc Rivers got them going in there in the third quarter, and they got that 2-0 lead heading back to Brooklyn. Again, the Nets trying to, you know, pick up the pieces after Kevin Durant dealt to Phoenix. They've got some good players, but Dinwiddie really hasn't been a factor. Cam Johnson has played well. Bridges has played well. They need all three of those guys to step up if they're going to get a game or two from Philadelphia in Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn had a nice enough year, Kenny. I know they were the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, but they had a nice enough year to never uh, to be a threat not to make the playoffs. And now they're down with their backs to the wall off back-to-back double-digit losses. I can see them coming hard here in this basketball game tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, if they don't win this game, I, I, I would certainly expect them to get one of these two games here in Brooklyn. So, again, you're looking for the, the lower seed here going back home to at least win one of these two basketball games. And I think Brooklyn can do just that. All right. Update. Dallas got a tip in. Uh, and lead 5-3 to three with 3.05 to go in the second period over the Minnesota Wild. So the Stars up two goals, still second period action. Kings and Warriors, Kings now up two games to none. Draymond Green suspended for the game tomorrow night. Warriors 5.5 favored at home in San Francisco, 239 your total. Steph Curry, Mark, went down, you know, kind of awkwardly in the first half in game two, gutted it out, played through it. And don't know how effective he will be, but he's a gamer. He's been there, done that. Clay Thompson looking pretty sharp last game. But they're going to need everybody to click on all cylinders because De'Aaron Fox and the uh, Sacramento Kings, boy, with Mike Brown named Coach of the Year today, uh, you know, well-deserved. And this Sacramento Kings team, first time in the playoffs in 16 years, and they're making the best of it so far. That wonderful job by the Kings here so far, Kenny, and uh, tip of the hat to them on a great job, and uh, I think they've got Golden State on the ropes here right now. Obviously, uh, Mr. Obvious, they're down 2 nothing, but uh, Golden State here, this is not a given here for them to go home and win two basketball games, especially with Green being out in this pivotal third game. Uh, we had put this in the – again, you're going to read this tomorrow in the coffee club about the fact that uh, – just to show you how the fact that Golden State is in trouble here – uh, with the threesome of Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green, they played 28 postseason series together. This is the first time they've been down 2-0 ever in, in, in playing in any of those 28 series. 
So it's not just the fact that uh, Draymond Green will be out. This is not a basket. This is a basketball team that's not hitting on all cylinders. And the other thing I want to bring forward here is this, Kenny. You've got in Brooklyn and uh, Philadelphia, yet uh, Brooklyn number six seed at home as a four and a half point home dog. You've got a number six seed here at Golden State at home as a five and a half point home favorite. That's a 10-point swing in the line between the two home teams here. And you put these two teams on a neutral court, you can't tell me that Golden State is 10 points better than the Brooklyn Nets. I just don't believe that here. I think this line is padded for Golden State here out of a lot of name and reputation here. i got to ride with the Kings here. They're playing the better basketball right now. All right, we take a break. We come back with Mark Lawrence. We'll pick it back up. Suns and Clippers getting after it in the Game 3 from Los Angeles. That'll be the next one. And then we'll touch on uh, potentially maybe some of the stuff going on Major League Baseball if Mark's up to that. And uh, we'll get him out of here in about 10 minutes from now. But keep it right here. You're listening to SportsX Radio. It is a Wednesday night. JT the Brick joining me. Hour number two, Arthur DeCesar from the Superbook will be up next. We rock and roll. Mark Hoke running the show, of course, producing the show. I think you'll recognize some bumper music when we come back. And uh, do not forget the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sunday mornings, the best of professional wrestling. You like professional wrestling, you'll love the Mark Hoke Show. We are both live when we are coming at you, 101.5 FM KDON, streaming live on that Odyssey app. If you have not downloaded that app, do it now. It's a free app. It's worldwide. It's the best in the business. We're live from Steiner's Pub. Ken Thompson, Mark Lawrence coming back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Something magic happens Every time you go You make the magic happen The magic of Orioles baseball When the game is close And the yokes are hot There's a thundering roar from 34 To give it all they've got And you never know Who's gonna hear the call? Every game does a different star. That's the magic of Oreo baseball. Oreo's magic, feel it happen. Oreo's magic, feel it happen. O R I O L E S. Magic, magic, magic. All right, there it is. Another dedication for our Yankee fan, Mike Scallett. He's a happy camper, though, because his Yankees beat the Angels in extra innings, a uh, miraculous steal of a home run off Otani by Judge. Almost a year, a little more than, uh, a little less than a year from when he robbed him last year, but an even better catch. But how about Bradish with the shutout? The Orioles back-to-back shutouts, one nothing yesterday, 4 nothing over the Nats today. They go to 11-7, and tied with the Yankees, second place. Can't cool off the Rays right now. They're playing lights out. They get back-to-back shutouts over the over the Reds. 8-0 the final today with Tampa Bay continuing to excel. Rasmussen getting the win there. Ken Thompson, Mark Lawrence, as we rock and roll here on a Wednesday night. JT the Brick joining us, hour number two. And, of course, Arthur DeCesar coming up next segment. Mark Lawrence, uh, baseball, that anthem right there, that Orioles anthem, we play it whenever the Orioles win. I think their only losses must be on weekend nights because – Every weekday night, we're playing it here. I mean, they, they just continue to win. I'm telling you. And I've got friends. I've got some friends that say, 
I don't even like baseball, but I just bet on it because I know if I hear that obnoxious anthem that KT's always talking about from uh, Mark's Orioles, he goes, then I at least know I won some money. I don't even have to check the score. So I just hope to put on SportsX Radio and hear the Orioles' magic song. So it's been playing 11-7 and now, the O's on the year. We'll see how they do. Uh, they're still at the Westgate Superbook right now, 6,800. Uh, so... Uh, uh, to win the uh, the AL East, I think it is, or 6,500, 65 to 1. And I, th- I think they're worth a shot. I think they're good enough to, you know, hang with the Rays and uh, potentially the Yankees. Look, uh, they've got to continue playing good ball, and they'll have to do it against some better competition head-to-head against those teams. But, you know, and Toronto, another good solid team. But it'll be fun, and uh, it's hard to not look at value. I know you do that a lot in the coffee club. And, Mark, real quick before I go back to uh, some of the games, uh, NBA and pick it up with that Sun series. Get it, get everything out there as far as playbook, playbook sports. You've got the magazine. You guys are working feverishly on that, of course, for football season. We've got the draft coming up next Thursday. Uh, lots going on, but you know the coffee club and the newsletter, second to none. Mark Lawrence. I appreciate that, Kenny, very much. Uh, we are working uh, overtime with the magazine right now. We're putting all of our college stuff together. Uh, the National Football League draft next week. We'll uh, move over to the National Football League side of things. We've got to put our playbook mock draft together, have that ready by Tuesday in advance of the draft. It's done really, really well since we've been doing it since its inception the last seven years. So we'll be focusing on that as well. Anybody interested in the coffee club, uh, just check it out at playbooksports.com. It's a daily sports e-newsletter. It's in your email box each and every day. A little bit of a review of what's going on in the world of sports. A couple of nice trends and so forth and whatnot you want to read about there as well. And uh, one thing I want to mention here, Kenny, you're talking about baseball. Uh, And as I'm charting the pitchers here in baseball, one thing is really standing out to me like a sore thumb here right now. And we, I know we've had all these rule changes and, you know, we're talking about more stolen bases, shorter games and so forth and whatnot. But the thing that's really standing out to me as I chart the baseball and I chart pitchers every day is uh, how much the walk to strikeout ratio levels have really fallen off the map. And it's incredible. Uh, I'm talking uh, when I'm talking walk to strikeout ratios. You know what I'm looking for is any pitcher that has a five to one or better ratio and stays in form uh, over the course of three games. On an average day in handicapping baseball last year, we would find three or four or five of those pitchers, six or seven of those pitchers. You're having a problem finding one of them today. These pitchers are just not maybe because they're being forced because of the clock and they're just not uh, they're, They have to hurry up their delivery, so forth and whatnot. But walk to strikeout ratios are down big time this year in Major League Baseball. Interesting, interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on all that stuff. And, of course, Wayne Krivsky, uh, former general manager of Cincinnati Reds, 41 years in the big leagues. He is going to uh, be joining us on Tuesdays and Thursdays throughout Major League Baseball season. I've got Roberto Clemente Jr. joining myself and Andy Isco tomorrow on Throwback Thursday. Always a lot of fun. And the way the Pittsburgh Pirates are playing, Look out. The Buccos are 11-7, and seven, 18 hits, 14 runs today. Look, I know it's Colorado. you got to play who's on your schedule, but this is uh, the second coming there for Andrew McCutcheon going back to where he started as a rookie, and it's good to see the Buccos with that low payroll hanging in there. 
I love that stuff, Kenny. It used to be my Cleveland Indian Guardians that were that type of a team. They've kind of made their own niche here right now, uh, and they've really played themselves in a, a really competitive team. But it would be really delightful to see Pittsburgh steal that central division here. It's going to be tough to catch Milwaukee with the pitching and the hitting they've got there. But uh, nice to see Pittsburgh. Andrew McCutcheon, perhaps, in his, uh, in his swan song in his career with Pittsburgh. Got to love that stuff. Great stuff, Mark Lawrence. Real quick, Suns and Clippers. Uh, Suns minus two and a half in L.A. Game three. We know Paul George will miss this series, but the Clips have looked pretty good, and Kawhi Leonard looks sharp. They're getting some help, but that was a big second half for KD and the guys. They were able to battle back late second quarter, get the game even at 59, and then end up winning the game. Wasn't easy, but they pulled away there at the end. What's your take on the Suns, Kevin Durant and company? Are they good enough to get out of the West? Are they good enough to get past the Clippers because they got to go to L.A.? and they've got to get at least one of the two games in the City of Angels. Well, I think the Suns are good enough to make it to the finals of the Western Conference. Uh, And and even though they're a four seed, there's really, really a lot of talent on that basketball team. As far as the game goes tomorrow here, the Clippers are going to take that court, Kenny, knowing that they had a big, big lead against the Suns in the first half of that basketball game. It got away from them in the second half. At halftime, they evened the score up. They were down five after three, and it just pulled away in the fourth quarter of that game. I'm going to look for the Clippers to play a real hard game here tomorrow here, and I wouldn't surprise me if they uh, upend the Phoenix Suns here tomorrow night. All right, good stuff, Mark Lawrence. As we uh, finish up here, uh, I'm over here at Sinus. Mark, there is not an open table, and JT the Brick had just walked in with a buddy of his and Chicago Bill hanging out, but a Wednesday night, just a great place to hang out, hang out and uh, kind of split up the week. And hump day is a really good night for me to be here. I love it because, you know, all the games are on. I'm literally watching hockey games every which way, basketball games, and then baseball games are still, well, all the baseball's over now, but uh, still have got all the uh, hockey and the NBA going. So I know you love this place as well. I wish the heck you lived out here, Lawrence. You know? I do, too. I'd be, I'd be out there with you, Kenny, uh, more often than not, believe me. And do me a favor. Yeah. Uh, tell Chicago Bill I said hello naturally, if you will. But, JT, give him my best, okay? I really like him. He and I, him and I are good friends, and I'm nice to hear he's on the show with you tonight. Yes, I will, for sure. Yeah, he'll be coming up in about 25 minutes from now. Mark Lawrence, follow him on Twitter. Mark, of course, spelled with a C at the end. Mark, let everybody know how they can find you, follow you, and get all those Mark Lawrence plays because you have been making people money year after year. But when you come on SportsX Radio over the last couple years, I mean, it's just been absolutely incredible, the amount of great information. You've got a lot of followers here that email me and say, you know what, I never miss Wednesday night, never miss Mark Lawrence, and if I do, I go right to the archive. So let everybody know how they can find you, follow you, and get all the Mark Lawrence plays. Everything I do, Kenny, available online, playbooksports.com. You can follow me at Twitter, at Mark Lawrence. That's Mark with a C, at Mark Lawrence. And like I said, as you go to the playbooksports.com website, sign up for the Coffee Club, and I'll be glad to send that copy out to you in your email each and every day. Great stuff, Mark Lawrence. Get some rest. Appreciate you, as always. We'll do it again next Wednesday as the playoffs continue to forge forward in the association on the ice and Major League Baseball moves along and the NFL draft. It'll be the night before the draft when we talk next Wednesday and you'll have everything in that newsletter all compiled. Mark, look forward to it again. Have a great weekend. Our best to Colleen and Junior. We'll talk to you soon, pal. I'll do some mock draft stuff with you next week, Kenny. Be well, take care, and I'll catch you then, okay? Outstanding stuff from Mark Lawrence. Take our second break of the night, and then we come back with Art Dice 21, baby, right there live at the Superbook. He is Arthur DeCesar working there in risk management, one of the supervisors there under Jay Cornegay. Does an outstanding job, and he's a big-time Blue Shirts fan like KT. We'll see about 
those Rangers. What he thinks after the first win against the Devils. And we'll talk NBA, NHL playoffs, a little Major League Baseball. He's a big Yankee fan as well. And a miraculous catch by Aaron Judge. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Because he brings it back into the park off Otani with the left hand. And then he knocks it back in. And then he's got to catch it with the other hand, barehanded. Great concentration by Aaron Judge. My favorite Yankee of all times, 99. I love the guy. All right, we are live from Vegas, live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, 1 of 3 in the Vegas Valley. Do not forget they've got their bus trip coming up June 24th. It is their annual baseball trip. I started this stuff with uh, Roger way back when. I think it's, God, it's uh, year 16, and it's a great game. It's June 24th. It's the Dodgers and the Houston Astros, the defending World Series champions. And then don't forget the semi-annual golf tournament and there's nothing like it now i won't be there this year because i've got another engagement that particular friday but it's friday may the 19th you got to get in there if you're a solo golfer and you want to connect with some of the foursomes i'm telling you there's crazy holes there's the happy gilmore hole where you literally use a hockey stick to putt i mean it is fun and you will meet some incredible people most people come back year after year and roger Sachs puts it together i mean there's drinking on probably 14 different holes out of the 18 set up and it's at a phenomenal golf course here in the vegas valley we'll talk about that throughout the next couple nights uh and also on wednesday nights SportsX radio 101.5 fm k dawn streaming live on the odyssey app come back with art dice 21 keep it right here you're listening to SportsX radio with ken thompson Ah, yeah, baby, it is hump day, and KT's wife, Christy, always refers to me as the mayor of Simpleton. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. XTC bringing us back. Mark Oak's been in the hits here on a fat Tuesday. Art Dice 21. He's a happy camper, as am I, at least after game one with the blue shirts taking care of business big time in the Garden State. Haven't even said anything to my brother, who's a big Devils fan. I'll wait because I want to make sure we take care of business in the series first. It's nice to win that first game. We'll see if the Blue Shirts can follow it up with another good game in the Garden State. Arthur DeCesar, it is great to have you. I stopped in the Superbook tonight. That place was freaking packed. Unbelievable. And I knew it when I got to the parking lot, and I had to wait for somebody to pull out to get a good spot. And uh, got there. Went in there, hung out for about a half hour, but just watching all the games, and then you have the big ticker going around. But it was great, man. You, your head's on a swivel. You're watching. You're hearing cheers and boos and, 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 and people whining, and then all of a sudden Lakers making a move, and you knew there were a lot of locals that had money on the Lakers. But Memphis able to close it out. Dice man, how much money on the Lakers tonight and in the series against Memphis? Because without John Morant, I'm thinking Laker fan is thinking, and we're going to follow it up and take care of business at the FedEx Forum again, but not the case tonight. KT, I'll say this. We are anti-Lakers when it comes to everything. In all games, in the series, to win the West, to win the championship, we're buried to the Lakers. It's just the way it is. Um, obviously, the Lakers had a nice end of this season, and they've picked up some momentum. And, you know, obviously everyone thought, oh, all right, Morant's going to be out. They're going to take a 2-0 lead. But, you know, that's how it goes in the NBA. And when a star goes out, it feels like the team rises to the occasion. It also happened in the Bucks game as well. So it just it just happens that way in the NBA. But we are going to be rooting as hard as we can to, at some point, even if it's not this series, to get the Lakers out of there because of our future liability with them. 
There you go. All right. So two to one, L.A. gets a goal, cuts the Edmonton lead in half. This is like deja vu for folks that bet on Edmonton the other night, a 2 nothing lead after one, but could not get it up to a three-goal lead. And the Kings were able to hang around and then get three third-period goals and then win it in overtime. Edmonton needs to get this game. They go back to L.A., down 0-2. They could be in trouble. Meanwhile, Florida beats Boston. Outstanding third period by the Panthers. I had the Panthers tonight at a good plus price uh, from the other night. And uh, Carolina takes care of the Islanders in overtime. A 2-0 lead. Very deceiving there because the Islanders could have won both those games. And then Dallas losing that double OT game at home the other night. Had a 4-1 lead. Minnesota makes it 4-3. But Dallas two more goals in the second period. When the hell's the last time the Stars scored six goals in two periods anywhere, anytime? Amazing what's going on on the ice. The playoffs are so much fun, and I just got to get you to kind of sum it up because I'm wondering what you're thinking with the Rangers and the Devils. Can the Rangers take out Jersey? Because I cannot ever imagine my brother if the Devils knock off the blue shirts, man, especially up one game to none with a 5-1 route in the Garden State in game one. Well, obviously we'll start with our Rangers, KT, and it was a good dominating game one win. Obviously, the Rangers have the experience, the playoff experience. They have the advantage in the goaltending department. They even have the advantage, I think, behind the bench with the coach. But you don't want to overreact to one game. Obviously, they've taken home ice now. This, to me, is still going to be a long six, seven-game series. So I feel good about the Blue Shirts. Everyone contributed. It was a really good effort. You're right. Dallas, incredible if they have six goals. But, you know, tough spot for Flurry. Obviously, he has to play because – You know, they're going to sit the other goalie because they played a double overtime game. I understand that's the way it went. And, yeah, listen, Dallas needed the game in the worst way. We all understand that. You're right. If you're an Edmonton backer or have anything with Edmonton, it's kind of deja vu all over again. They don't seem to be able to put teams away. And the Kings are scrappy. When the Kings hang around, you know, you can't let teams like that hang around. Now, they've already done what they had to do go to Edmonton and take a game. But if they could ever steal this game too, Edmonton is going to be in a lot of trouble. And the West is wide open with the Knights losing game one and obviously the Avalanche losing game one. So all these top teams in the West fell pretty early. I mean, you know, you don't want to overreact to one game, but man, the West is open. And I think we all kind of felt the West was going to be open. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, when I watched the Golden Knights last night, when they got the first goal to make it two to one, I said, okay, they're going to regroup. Uh, They looked a little sluggish in periods one and two. But the third period, that might be the worst hockey period that I've seen the Vegas Golden Knights in the postseason ever. I mean, they only had one shot on goal until the final 20 seconds or whatever, and they got that second shot on goal. But when you're trailing by a goal at home, you're expecting the fortress, the fans, everything to kind of fall into place. And I'll tell you what, Winnipeg played outstanding defensively, and they've got Hellebuck between the pipes. The Knights are in trouble. If they do not play better tomorrow night, and I know Mark Stone missed 39 games, tough to come back and jump into the postseason, but he was sluggish. He didn't take a good angle on that second goal there by Winnipeg, uh, by Dubois, and uh, they could be in a lot of trouble. You go to Manitoba down 0-2, you're not, you're not winning the series. I'll tell you right now, there's no way the Golden Knights win this series if they go down 0-2. I totally agree. They also, the Knights played sloppy. They just looked sloppy. They had just a lot of sequences where they just did not look in sync. Listen, I think Stone coming back, obviously he's a boost to the team, the morale, but you're right. He basically missed, what, 40-something games? I mean, how, how fresh is he going to be? But the Knights are going to need a big effort tomorrow night, and to me it's a must-win game. I'm with you. I think they have to win the game. Uh, if they don't win the game, it could be a short series because, 
you know, you give a team like the Jets all that momentum, especially when they have the advantage in between the pipes. So I think it's a must win for the night. Some other teams, you know, even if the Avalanche went down 0-2 with how good they are, I could see them maybe clawing back in the series. But I don't think the Knights can do that if they go down 0-2. All right, so what are the adjusted series prices on the Rangers, Devils, and Winnipeg and Vegas? Absolutely. Rangers now minus 190. Take back on the Devils, plus 170. Jets now minus 150. Take back on the Knights, plus 130. Avalanche still the favorite. You know, they were as high as minus 270, minus 280. Despite the game one loss, despite the game one loss, they're still minus 135 to take the series yeah and that would be one that i would probably look to lay if i were going to take a favorite that was down 1-0 would be colorado but seattle you know their first playoff series playing with house money and you know what i know they struggled in their uh little short two-year stunt against the uh golden knights but you know what they're not intimidated by colorado what about tampa bay and toronto because leafs fans are just like they're sick of the postseason i mean if they if they get beat by tampa bay they, they've run out of excuses i mean they're not playing the bruins uh they've got you know an outstanding offense they kind of like were under the radar a little bit but tampa bay came out and just shelled them we had the little football score seven to three can toronto bounce back because they got down three nothing in a blink of an eye and uh, you just can't do that against a team that has championship quality and players that have been there, done that, and won the Cups. You cannot. And the Lightning are now a minus-130 favorite. Take back on the Leafs is plus-110. To me, Toronto, it just is in their head at this point. I Obviously, Tampa Bay did not have the season they've had these last couple of years. But with that pedigree and with the championship just flavor that that team has, and they know – Like, when they go up against Toronto, they don't fear Toronto. They don't fear anyone. They go, okay, this team always chokes. We'll be fine. We got all these guys. And you could tell in that building in Toronto when they went down early, they were showing just a look on people's faces in the stands. It was just like a glazed-over look. Toronto needs that game in the worst way tomorrow. I don't know. It's hard to go against Tampa, and it's hard to take Toronto ever. They haven't won a playoff series since I think 04 or 05, so really hard to take the Leafs. Yeah, and Leafs fans will tell you it was 1804 or 1805. I mean, that's how long it seems. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, I do know Alex B. Smith, good hockey guy. He really likes Winnipeg. He thinks they're going to win it in four or five games. Uh, he just doesn't think that the Golden Knights are able to bring it. Look, I know we know what we saw lately, and that's why sports books clean up because that's what the players remember a lot of times, and so they expect that same thing to happen. So we'll see if Vegas can regroup. I think they'll come out with their hair on fire tomorrow, first period, and we'll know one way or the other by the way they're playing. They're going to have to create some odd man rushes. Look, and Schmidt being on the other side, you know, he knows what it's like to play in Vegas, and they just answered the bell big time, but we know what a big home ice advantage it will be in Manitoba with those whiteouts, so the Golden Knights better get it together. Meanwhile, uh, NBA, plenty of action going as well. How about my Knicks? Tied at one. Uh, won the first game. I bounced back on the Cavs last night. I expected Mitchell and the guys to take care of business. Uh, but really, you know, the other guard stepped up big time. Celtics, 2-0 over the Hawks, looking good. What about Phoenix? Where are we with that series adjusted price now with the Suns getting the equalizer last night? KD and company taking care of business. They go back to L.A. Kawhi's still playing well, but we know that Paul George will miss the series. Suns are still a staunch favorite, KT. Minus 310, 260 on the take back for the Clippers. You know, they were like 
five, you know, minus five dollars, minus five and a half dollars when it opened. And despite the game one loss, and we're very confident in just the way the Suns are, and you know, despite you know all the cohesion and they haven't played together, all that type of stuff. Give the Clippers credit. They won the first game. And you could probably make an argument when Kawhi's on his game, they probably have the best player in the series, even though I love Durant. But I think the Suns came to play in game two, and it goes to show you they're over a $3 favorite still in the series. Dice, man, with the Lakers and the Grizz now tied at one, they shift back to L.A. I know the Lakers will be a favorite in game three. What about an adjusted series price there? Uh, Lakers, I would think probably a slight favorite there with uh, John Morant missing the one game you can rally around. I mean, he better not miss any more action. Uh, They were able to get it done tonight, but that lead was precarious at best in the second half. Yeah, we don't have anything up yet as far as the adjusted goes. That will probably be up tomorrow morning. But you're right, Lakers probably will be a slight favorite. You know, for us, we can't be putting up Lakers plus money. We just can't be in a position like that, so we'll be happy to take Grizzly money. But you know, once again, Lakers did what they had to do. They won a game on the road, and, you know, they took the game, stole home court back. You're right. I'm with you. I think Morant has to come back and play. Even though they usually play pretty well without a Memphis, he's obviously very important to them, and they're going to need him, especially if this series goes long, six or seven games. All right, NFL draft coming up a week from tomorrow. Uh, do we have anything as far as the draft stuff still available, or is that stuff off the board? Draft stuff is not going to be available till probably early next week. And then okay. we get into a position where there's like a 24-hour rule. So if we put up draft props on Monday, you'll be able to bet it Monday and Tuesday. And then you actually have to, by gaming law, take off the draft props 24 hours prior to the Thursday first round. So if and when we put up the draft props, look for it maybe Sunday, but probably Monday. All right, I'll look forward to that. Uh, also, Major League Baseball, I was talking about Aaron Judge, your guy. What an incredible catch tonight against Otani, and he gets it with the other hand after bringing it back in the ballpark. But Major League Baseball, off to a really good start. A lot of teams stepping up. There's some really good records, but a lot of competitive divisions early on, which is nice to see. Not top-heavy too much. Mets uh, within you know a couple games of Atlanta and, and the Yankees right there with the Orioles right there within a couple games of Tampa Bay, who got off to that 13-0 start. Should be a lot of fun throughout the baseball season as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of your Mets, the, it's funny that they're only two games back of that red-hot Atlanta team. And that Atlanta team is incredible. You know, the Mets have done well. Obviously, they still got to get Verlander back. They haven't even had Verlander pitch yet. You know, obviously, Scherzer got thrown out of the game. Senga's a good third. So the Mets are going to hang around. I don't think they're winning that division. Atlanta's too strong. But you're right. A lot of surprise team. Look at Arizona. Arizona's been really good with their young pitching. You know, they've kind of hung in there. Texas has been a surprise. Obviously, Tampa Bay got off to that hot start. They're still 16-3. and three, But, you know, the AL East to me is the interesting one because Baltimore, I think, will fade. I'm sorry, Mark. I think they will fade eventually. I think Toronto is, to me, the second-best team in the division, even as a Yankee fan saying that. But, you know, it's tough with that 16-3 and three start with Tampa. All right, Dice, man. We'll get you on next Wednesday right before the NFL draft. Always appreciate you. Follow him on Twitter, at ArtDice21. Dice, man, you got a busy week in front of you. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week, pal. Always appreciate you. KT, you're the best, my man. We'll talk soon. There you go. And the Kings did get the equalizer. They tied the Edmonton Oilers 2-2 after 2. 
as our old pal Vin Scully would say, deuces are wild over there in Alberta. Edmonton and the LA Kings all tied at two. Still 6-3 stars over the wild. That's third period action, 14 minutes to go. We'll continue rocking and rolling. JT the Brick going to join me next segment, next couple of segments, actually. He's here at Steiner's Pub. We're halfway home, 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Oh, and the T-Wolves are even with the Nuggets. Six seconds to go in the third, 87 apiece. We're live from Vegas, live at Steiner's Pub. I'm Ken Thompson. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill. Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT, hour number two, Steiner's Pub, Wednesday nights, you know, three in the Vegas Valley, all are hopping, but this one here, 1750 North Buffalo, is where you can find me each and every Wednesday night. SportsX Radio as we rock and roll. Uh, JT the Brick has joined me, and uh, we'll see if uh, we can get all this stuff going. That, yeah, that one, that might blow us out over over the air there, JT, that one there. Uh, that's your headset wise. So if you're having trouble, all right, so we're having a little trouble with uh, his headset here, so we'll try and work on that. SportsX Radio, hour number two, Steiner's Pub, JT the Brick joining me here. And JT, long time with the Raiders, but a big-time Yankee fan and also big-time Golden Knights fan. He supports the Golden Knights. Look, KT still roots for the Rangers. I'll root for the Knights as well but I'm still rooting for those blue shirts. But, JT, let's start it off. Major League Baseball, before we even talk Raiders or anything else, because you're a big-time Yankee fan. I'm a big-time Mets fan. And uh, the Yankees today, a little deja vu with Aaron Judge going over the wall, Robin Otani, great concentration because he doesn't catch it with the glove hand. He brings it back in with the glove hand but catches it with the bare hand. They hold on and win it 3-2 to two in extra innings. I shouldn't say hold on, but they uh, win it in extra innings after the Halos tied it late. Uh, and they win it three to two, but a team that's not playing great ball, but still finds themselves eleven and seven. You've been a Yankee fan since you're a little kid. Yeah, I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I love the team, and 
You know, we've got to remind everybody out west that Otani lost the MVP to Judge because he was supposed to. Uh, this is a good conversation. Otani's one of the greatest players of all time with the combination, but he's no Steve Carlton, and he is not Nolan Ryan, and he's not Aaron Judge at the plate, and he's not Lou Gehrig at the plate. So every once in a while, he's going to lose an MVP, but I'm, I'm kind of a frustrated Yankee fan, Kenny. I love the team. It's my entire life, but I get really frustrated when they go on losing streaks, and I even get crazier when they have so many guys who strike out. This team strikes out all the time. Now, in this game tonight, it wasn't as bad. Eight to the Angels, ten. But they're just still a swing-and-miss team playing for doubles and home runs. And that's why I wanted Boone out last year. That's why I wanted Bochy to come in to handle the catcher and the staff. I think that's more important. And look at this. Giancarlo Stanton's out again. And the guy, I'd trade the guy for a bucket of balls. He's never healthy. (laughs) I know. I talk about certain guys that you just can't count on uh, to be around year in, year out. And a couple of those Laker players are like that. LeBron, Anthony Davis always uh, seem to be on the shelf for big games. AD went down a little bit tonight but came back. But the Lakers lost at Memphis. We'll get into that. Yankees off to a decent start. Mets off to a decent start. Atlanta, red hot out of the gate. They lost one nothing to the Padres today who are not playing great ball out of the gate. Dodgers, you know, now under 500, lose to the Mets again. Uh, Clayton Kershaw spun a gem yesterday, but, you know, this Dodger team, they lost a lot as far as from that lineup over the last year and a half. So uh, I think, you know, everything's wide open, Major League Baseball. I'll tell you, a team to keep an eye on is the Arizona Diamondbacks because they've got pitching. And this is a guy, Lavello, the coach, the manager that I thought was going to get fired two years ago. Somehow he held his job, did a decent job last year helping elevate play. But this year, I know it's early, but off to a good start, and they've got some good young arms and some decent bats over there with the Snakes. Yeah, I think Atlanta's the best team in the National League. I think the Dodgers have taken a step back. I think the Dodgers have taken a step back. And the Padres are supposed to be great, not good. They're supposed to be great. And the Padres, for whatever reason, can't put a couple of games in a row together. They're up and down. They're hot and cold all the time here. And your Mets, as we talk about the Mets and what the Mets can do, the Mets are the type of team that can really get hot throughout the course of the year. The Scherzer situation from earlier today was really interesting there with the ump. So the Mets have had a lot of drama to start this season. They lose their closer in the World Baseball Classic. Scherzer gets ejected today. You know, the Mets are a bizarre team. I don't think they're off to the start that Steve Cohen, the owner, wanted. A lot of drama. They're not taking the Yankees off the back page in New York. It's just a little bit weird for the Mets this year. Unfortunately, the Phillies aren't that good. Uh, They're not going to chase them down. The Cardinals in the Central. I still think it's going to come down to Atlanta and the Mets. And the Mets better make sure they keep Atlanta close. Because Atlanta is so fundamentally good that they can go on streaks a couple of times this year. And if the Mets drop two or three games two or three times this year, they could be six, seven back and playing for the wild card. There you go. And Scherzer, of course, with the uh, with the glove. And I think then he switched the glove and they still had some type of substance either on the hand or on the glove. Next thing you know, he gets tossed early, third inning or whatnot. But they still end up beating the Dodgers. So take two out of three in that series thus far. So good to see the Mets off to a decent start. Like you said, Atlanta playing great ball. Got shut out today. That's a rarity for the Braves. Very rarely gets shut out. And, uh, you know, one nothing. Padres needed that game just because, you know, they're not playing well at Petco Park. They have been struggling mightily. Yeah, I look at the Padres and what's going to happen at Petco Park and the Dodgers. The Dodgers took a little bit of a step back because they've had so much talent over the last couple of years. They weren't going to be able to keep everybody. 
The Padres have gone out and paid for a lot of talent along the way, but they don't have a lot of chemistry so far for me. They're really hot and cold. As good as the Padres are and the lineup is loaded and getting Tatis back, and I'll tell you a little bit more about him in a bit here, Machado is batting 241. Soto is batting 194. How in God's name could Soto last year when he slumped, this year when he's slumping, they went after Soto because he was arguably the best swinging player in the National League opposite a trout in the American League. Since the Padres got him, this guy can't hit his weight. And this is getting concerning now because tonight he had a decent game. He went two for four, but he's batting 194. He's off to a terrible start. They need Machado, Soto, and especially I'll ask you, what do you think is going to happen to Tatis this year? Because he leaves in shame to the suspension. He's only hitting minor league baseball and practice pitching staff baseball. What happens when he sees a major league 96-mile-an-hour slider? You think he's going to turn on it? I don't know. All I know is he's going to hear it from the opposing crowds, that's for sure. He's already been hearing it from minor league crowds, which is good. Anybody that's caught cheating, I have no problem if they hear the business. That's why the only thing bummed me really about the COVID deal was that a lot of those Astros got off the hook with what they did with the garbage can crap. But uh, is what it is, JT. Listen, uh, Padres, Dodgers, a lot of people early on prognosticating, saying it's a two-team race, that's it. Arizona out of the gate nicely. The only team over 500 right now in the NL West. But then tomorrow night, Roberto Clooney Jr. comes on the show. What about the Pittsburgh Pirates? Another 18 hits today. I know it's Colorado, but they swept the uh, uh, Colorado and uh, took care of business. I like this Pirates team, and it's good to see McCutcheon back in a Pirates uniform, built at another 400-plus foot home run, his fourth of the season today. And all of a sudden, they find themselves, the Pirates, you know, right there in the hunt there. Uh, Brewers in first place, and... uh, yeah, there, I'll bring that up there. But Brewers in first place, but the Pirates are right there in the central, sitting at 12-7. and seven. Cubbies 11-6, and six, but the Brewers 14-5 and five with another comeback win today. Going to be a lot of fun. And you know the Redbirds, 8-11, and 11, they're not going to stay there. No, the Redbirds are going to come back. I don't pay it to, I'm an American League guy, but being a sports talk host, I'm following everybody. And I think the Pirates story is great because they got a beautiful ballpark and they don't spend and they're terribly run. If they can stay anywhere near the wild card for most of the year, that should keep that baseball park open and packed and people coming out there because it's one of the best experiences there. If I'm a Cub fan, my wife is a Cub fan, they got a plus 39 run differential. I'd be happy with the Cubs there. And who would have said that after about 20 games, almost 20 games at the Diamondbacks, would be in first place here out west of the National League. Yeah, no doubt. And when you look at the Brewers and the Pirates, both these teams nine and four on the road. I mean, they've only played six home games. Bucko's six and uh, three and three, and the Brewers off to a five and one start at home. The Braves ten and two away from Hotlanta. They've only played seven home games. Like you said, the Braves probably the most complete roster in the National League. The Mets yet to get Verlander a start and Scherzer. Those two guys are going to have to stay healthy. Senga, good solid number three, but the pitching scares me with the Mets, and like you said, Diaz going out in the World Baseball Classic. That did not help things. Angels, 9-9, and Otani and company. We'll see how they pan out. Look, Minnesota off to an 11-7 and start. Somehow Correa is still a twin after all the shenanigans, uh, trying to get him to be a giant and maybe a Met. He ends up back in Minnesota. Tampa Bay off to that 13-0 and start. 3-3 three and three since but still a Rays team that should be right there with the Yankees. I love this young Orioles team. Of course, my producer, Mark Hoke, is a big Orioles fan. And Toronto, we know they've got bats. Were you fading Tampa Bay when they got to 12, 13, and 0? Were you thinking the fade was coming here? How'd you play them the okay, last so, week? So here's the thing, and I gave this out on Friday when they lost their first game. JT and I've got Andy Isco and Mark Lawrence going into their database to do. 
it does not matter what sport. If it's a sport where they play a lot of games, hockey, baseball, basketball, when a streak hits eight or more and then is broken, this way, uh, in this instance, 13, when that streak is broken, whatever that result is, that same result happens the next game most of the time. I mean, to me, I'm saying it's somewhere in 65 to 70%. So I banked after they lost on Friday. I banked on t- uh, Toronto on Saturday, and they, I think they were a minus 120, and they coasted and won the second game in a row. So keep an eye on that stat. When it hits eight or more, in a, not, not in the NFL because they only play once a week or college football, sure. but where they play a lot of games. Well, as a Yankee fan, again, 11-7 and seven with the Orioles and Toronto, 11-8, and eight, and Boston's bad this year. Hey, if I'm, if I'm Boston, I'm happy. I'm almost at 500. They could get buried early in the season here. But the Yankees chasing down the Rays. Talk a little bit about this on my show. What I know what's going to happen with the Rays is they're never going to spend when it matters. When they're in contention, they're not going to do it. When they're in contention, they'll still stay in contention and might be super good this year to be a World Series favorite, but they won't buy the extra two players to put them over the top. This is the year that they have to. I think their fans are going to insist on it. They had that 13-0 and start, Kenny. I think they're going to get to the all-star break here. If they're not, a, not Padre buyers, the Padres are off the charts. They're a throwout statistic. But the Rays play in a market similar to what the Padres had, kind of a middle-of-the-road market, both vibrant for baseball, but the Padres have a better stadium and a better fan experience than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay plays in a dump at the Dome. I've been there for Final Fours. I've been there for games. It's an awful experience. Those fans who go there mostly are fans from out of town or Yankee and Red Sox fans who want to catch a game on a Tuesday night. It's time for the Rays' ownership to reward that city not only with a ballpark, but to go out there and be real spenders and try to win a World Series. Because if they don't spend any money, the Yankees will track them down or they'll get beaten in the American League by some of these other teams. No doubt. And they were able to keep a Rosarena, and he's a good, solid player. He's somebody player. that, yeah, somebody that I really like comes to play every night. And, yeah, it's a good, solid team. And I, you mentioned the Padres and the Rays in the same sentence. You go back, who's getting the last laugh now as far as the Blake Snell deal? Because right now, that guy can't get anybody out. No, he can't. And again, we look at what the Padres rotation looks like. We look at what the Mets rotation is supposed to look like, okay? We see what happens with Verlander out of the gate. They lose their closer, Diaz, with the fluke injury. Your pitcher's got to hold up, man. As a Yankee fan, Garrett Cole's off to a great start. Holmes in the bullpen scares me to death. Some of the other starters after Nasty Nestor I'm not confident with. This league, you've been doing this at such a high level of handicapping and dissecting numbers that you know you got to have pitching now. All these hitters go through massive slumps. It's a new era in baseball, so now we have the pitch clock era. And I went to an Aviators game. They debuted at the Aviators last year when they were trying to test it. Right. So I went to the first game and kept an eye on it because I haven't been to a major league game yet this year with my sons and wife. And I was going in really against it because I'm kind of a purist. I was the same. It works well. I mean, these I'm not in a rush to leave a game. I'm a good example. If I go to Anaheim or Seattle or Oakland to see the Yankees, I don't want the game to end in under two hours. That's my experience to see my team. Right. I didn't realize how many fans want to get the hell out of a game. Some fans commute in, in Kansas City and St. Louis and some of these other markets. You've got to drive two and a half hours to get to a game. And games are ending in two hours, and then two and a half hours to drive home. I don't know what everybody's in a rush for, but it's sure working out this year. All my callers and listeners love the pitch clock. I was against it as well. Uh, Mark Oak, my producer, said, you'll come around. And I I do like it more than I thought I would. Just like the 33-yard extra point in football. I thought, no, don't do it. Keep everything the way it is. I'm surprised they haven't moved it back in college yet, but... 
I like it in the NFL. I thought it was an advantage for teams that played indoors or played in warm weather cities as opposed to, say, a Chicago or a Green Bay where their kicker is going to have to kick more in the inclement weather. So I didn't think it was uh, you know, a fair level playing field. But it's turned out to be a lot of fun and does put some excitement into that extra point. And it really pays to have a solid kicker like a Carlson for the Raiders. No doubt about it. And back to baseball for a second. The Phantom Runner on second base. The Yankees get there tonight. They start a Phantom Runner on section, uh, second. Volpe. They're calling him the second coming of Jeter. Not so fast. He bunts and pops it up to the pitcher. Doesn't move the runner over. So they walk Judge. They load the bases. They win on a sacrifice fly. If the game went that quickly and these games are going so fast, shouldn't we revisit the runner on second base now that the games are going faster? If the games weren't going faster, I would understand it. But it's here to stay. Rob Manford wanted to shove down our throats. Several rule changes, the pizza box size second bases, the phantom runner on second, the pitch clock. Our entire lives, all right, I'm in my mid-50s, they changed the biggest rules in baseball over the last three seasons. Not over the last 30 years. In the last three seasons, desperate that they don't lose more younger fans. They believe this. Someone's scaring them like a ghost. If you don't fix the game and make it a little bit faster, you'll never get a 12- to 17-year-old baseball fan again. They're all going to bury, and they're on defense now. Baseball's scared of losing fans, so they're changing the game. I can't argue when you look at the way the kids uh, grow up with everything uh, that they're able to, you know, play these video games at 100 miles an hour. They're able to text 10 times before I text once. I mean, so they're growing up in a different era. So baseball, it's not the same traditionalism type sport that you and I grew up with, Dad handing down the statistics and all that stuff. And then your old man going, all right, pick out a game, son. And my dad would go like, what the hell do you want to see the Padres for? This back when they were miserable at uh, going to a Mets game. And then he'd look and it said, TWI, Twinite Doubleheader, because why not take in two games, right? Anytime you can do that. And then when they switch doubleheaders to seven innings during the COVID stuff and the man on second, I got it for why you were trying to go through that particular period. But now if you have any doubleheaders, and I think you should have at least one or two a year each team. Well, you don't charge if, them too because yeah. they do. But to make the fans leave the after the first crap. game I can't and restock them in again. Oh, it's terrible, especially if the first game goes extra innings. Say the first game went 14 innings, and then you got to get those people out and bring the other people in. It's just a particular nightmare especially for parking lots but yeah. is what it is jt anyway i'm uh, i'm hoping your yankees do well well enough to uh, uh create another subway series because i need to beat you in a subway series <laughs> so i can die in peace that's you, all you might get the subway series i don't know if the I, matter of fact i'll tell you this kenny i think we'll see a subway series in the next two or three years i think you're going to have with steve cohen own in the mets with the yankees and judge and judges in his prime right now Okay, he was a late bloomer to get to this point, to get an MVP. He's the captain. They lock him up for all those years. I think you're going to see the Yankees in a couple of World Series, multiple. And I think the Mets are going to get to one or two in the next four or five years with this Cohen payroll. That's why he got Verlander and Scherzer past their prime or at the end of their prime because he wants to win now. So I think there's a chance to see it. It's just going to be how, – how would you like to watch the Tampa Bay Rays and the Braves in the World Series? You would because you love baseball. Most of the country would not. Yeah. They want to see the star teams. And I think the Dodgers blew their window. Dodgers should have won. They had a chance to do what the Astros did. Win two World Series in four years, three in five years. Be one of those teams. They won one. I have an asterisk next to it because of the COVID. I don't have an asterisk on the Lakers because they played every game in the regular season and they played every game in the playoffs in a very tough environment without family in the lockdown and all that. Dodgers winning. I put an asterisk next to that because what they play? 60 games? Did I get that right? Yep. So I cannot put them as a real World Series winner 
since the last time they won because I don't like that short season of COVID. I don't call it legitimate. Yeah, but the one time they did get jobbed as the Yankees and Chapman by the Astros yeah. with the cheating. So, you know, they probably win that one, or it's probably a Yankee-Dodger World but Series. credit to the Astros. I was banging that garbage can drum more than anybody. They deserve to be – they were scoundrels and cheaters. But this last one, they took all that heat in every ballpark. They went through hell on the road. And then they finally cleaned up their reputation, and they won it clean. i got to give the Astros a lot of credit on their recent World Series. Yeah, some of those guys were gone already and avoided uh, the real wrath of the fans because of the COVID coming into play. But we'll talk about that down the line. JT the Brick is here with me. We've got an NFL draft coming up next Thursday. Raiders got a lot of work to do. I want to get JT's take. The Raiders have made some moves during the offseason already, but I want to get his take as far as the direction of this team. Do we look at this team to be anything as far as contending-wise in the AFC West alone? Because we know that Sean Payton taking over in Denver is going to help elevate Russell Wilson's play and the Broncos. We already know the Chargers are a bear. They've always been a bear for the Raiders, especially trying to block Bosa, Khalil Mack and company. And, of course, Kansas City's Kansas City. That's where the draft is at. We'll talk to JT the Brick when we come back. You're listening to SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live worldwide on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Keep it right here. We're live at Steiner's Pub. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back live from Vegas. Ah, yeah, KT, baby, back here with JT, live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, SportsX Radio. Little Joe Jackson coming back. Used to work at Great Adventure, Six Flags down in Jackson, New Jersey. And Joe Jackson used to play there all the time. Used to love him. Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, are you kidding me? Uh, George Thurgood and the Delaware Destroyers. I mean, just great East Coast music. JT the Brick is a big-time music guy as well. And uh, loves taking in good concerts, good music. We're going to get into the uh, Raiders in just a little bit. But JT, top three JT the Brick concerts. If you could wow. go to any three concerts, JT, with the wife or by yourself, what are the top wow, three bands or singers that you I would want to see? Okay, go ahead. Off. Uh, no one in sports radio history has seen Rush 54 times. Oh, I my have. God. They're, they're the band that I've seen more than any other, okay. though. Perk well, was I got the greatest drummer of all times. So yes, and 10 years ago yesterday, okay. I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction of Rush. It wow. Was 10 years ago I yesterday. was just there last year at Cleveland. Well, we went the last couple of years because of, yeah. you know, Canton. Yeah, no, so when, they, when Neil passed and they weren't going to play anymore, it, it took a chunk of my life. I mean, seeing him that many times, multiple times a year in different states, in different countries, in Canada. I met my wife at the Rolling Stones at the Hard Rock. So nice. we met a strangers walking in. So that's going to be number one. We went to Liverpool this summer to see the Stones play in Liverpool. Beautiful. Then we went to Amsterdam to see the Stones and Mick. Only concert in his entire life he missed because of COVID. Wow. We were on the site, and Mick got COVID on the site in Amsterdam. They canceled the show. You want to talk about a bad beat? That's an all-time bad beat. Wow, And JT. then sandwiched in the middle. Okay. I was a big Grateful Dead guy, Southern Rock guy. I've seen Jerry and that, the that's Dead. That's hanging out at with least Bra- Brady over 15, Cannon 20 for the times. love of Brady's God. Here, so it would be Rush, the Dead, and the Stones, plus a lot of other modern music that I see all the time. I see Bruno Mars in town. Just saw the Chili Peppers at Allegiant Stadium two weeks ago. That was a great show. 
when everybody comes to Vegas and says, I've been living here since 96, JT, what show should I see? I said, forget about the show. Just look at the concerts and our residencies. You can see Sting, Adele, Bruno Mars, Aerosmith, Maroon 5. The residencies up and down the strip are amazing. So my wife and I, we're concert lovers, we're concert goers, and music rocks my world and rocks my radio show. Bobby Machado comes out of every break with something we talk about two minutes before we come back. We look at the music and say, what type of mood are we in? Let's come out with blank. And we love to play music to fuel the pace of the show. All right, so one of my favorite ever, because we were talking baseball, interviews at a residency was Tim McGraw. Tim and Faith over there at the Venetian did their Soul to Soul tour a few years back. So Tug being his dad, and I had no idea about how the story was. I knew he didn't know Tug was his dad initially. What happened was he literally was looking for change in his mom's closet in the drawer, and he finds a birth certificate, and it says Timothy Allen McGraw or whatever, and he's like, wait, that's not my last name. You know, he's got his stepdad and everything. So he confronts, I think he's like 12, 13 years old, and the mom says, look, we were going to tell you next year. We are going to sit you down everything, and this is it. So she recontacts Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw writes back and says, I told you that kid's not mine. She ends up sending a picture. He's like, all right, well, what do we need to do? The kid looks exactly like him, right? Just amazing, like, stuff. So Tim McGraw, this is, a, a t- this is the most amazing thing. So he's playing baseball on his own. He's really good. And he ends up playing some college baseball in northeast Louisiana, I think it was. But at that time, he had three baseball cards hanging on his drape, on his curtain. Cesar Cedeno, Don Sutton, and Tug McGraw. His dad's baseball card, and he didn't even know it was his dad. Is that unbelievable? That was one of those baseball stories. He told it on the air, and it was just absolutely phenomenal. And then they went up to Delmonico's and stuff. But it was great because the publicist guy goes, he looks, Mr. McGraw will be there at 5 to 7, and he can stay till about 12 after 7. I go, great, 10 minutes with Tim McGraw, I'm awesome. it's awesome. I'm honored. So it's like quarter. It's like quarter after I go to the break, and I go, "Hey, thanks a lot." And he goes, "He goes, that's it." I go, "Yeah, you got a, you got dinner with uh, Delmonico." He goes, "We eat dinner together every night." She'll wait, and so he goes, "She'll have some breadsticks." That's what he said. He goes, "She'll have some bread," and he stayed another twenty minutes. That's Absolutely great, awesome. That's a good story. Ken. Best great. best music interview because you're a sports guy, but you know music people. You know people in every industry. What's the best music musician that you've had on the air? Well, um, interviewing Getty was big for me. Okay. Rush. So I've interviewed Getty Lee and had him on to talk baseball which is fantastic. And then music. I, I became, because of the Raiders, I got really tight. I got to meet Carlos Santana privately and talk to him a number of times at games. But Eddie Money became a really good friend of mine because Eddie sang the anthem at the Oakland Coliseum. Nice. This is my 25th year with the Raiders, and he probably he probably sang the anthem maybe six, seven, eight times. And we got a chance to know each other. We'd go to Ricky's together. We'd have a meal. Uh, we'd be out in the parking lot. He'd come to the Black Hole and come out there. So Eddie Money became someone that I really like a lot. What about and, Ice Cube? Did you ever meet you know, Ice Cube? That's interesting. I have met him, but I've never really had that big connection with Ice Cube. When Ice Cube shows up for any big Raider event, he's the president of Raider Nation. Right. And he has everything going on. And I think the world to him, and he's a really diehard Raider fan, but I'm not locked in. E-40 is a big Raider fan. Well, he he had the tossed. incident the other yeah, night. He got he tossed. tossed. Met him at a bunch of Raider games. One of the cool things about the Raiders is they have a department now that puts on entertainment on top of the television and the radio and everything else we do. It's really in-depth. Too long for this show, more for a podcast. And they have an entertainment department, and my boss runs it, and he's able to go pick the talent. And Mark Davis takes it really seriously. Now, Mark wants to win more than the concert, of course. But Don Felder's a good friend of his. And last year, Don Felder came out with a white suit on like Elvis. 
and did the 12-minute solo for Hotel California, Beautiful. which sounded perfection in Allegiant Stadium. Then the following week, you know, you see Joe Satriani doing the anthem on the sideline. Then you see Sammy Hagar play, play during halftime. It's amazing what's happened to Allegiant Stadium now during a Raider game. Money has been no object. They'll put on a pregame guest, and they'll have a major high halftime guest, and that halftime guest really makes a big difference for your value of your dollar. It's like going to a concert. JT, I'd love for Zach Wild, my brother-in-law, to play Jimi Hendrix, Star Spangled Banner. Sure. He's done it. He did it at New England. He's done it at probably 13, 14 ballparks. He does pretty much every year he plays the national anthem for Yankees, Red Sox at Fenway Park. And he always has a bet with the guys from WEEI or whatever they yeah. are. So the bet is from the first game, whoever wins the first game, because Zach usually plays the anthem the second night, whoever wins the first game, th- those guys either have to wear Yankee pinstripes or Zach has to wear a Red Sox shirt. So far, I think it's like 5-1, the Yankees won. So those guys from the Red Sox station were wearing Yankee pinstripes because that's the bet that they had with Zach. Crazy that. stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy stuff. Yeah, story. so real good stuff. All right, so let's talk Raider draft. Let's talk because there's a lot of needs. I'm hearing a couple corners from uh, Illinois and yep. from Gonzalez from Oregon as the two top guys if they look secondary quarterback is is out right we're not we're not looking quarterback no, quarterback is not out it's first not off, out. Okay. I, I i first off i don't know the pick i know dave ziggler as good as anybody new in town here he's a good guy i really think he's going to thread the needle on this but no one has a clue okay. and i mean that and there's been years i've been tipped off the day of the draft or while i'm anchoring the broadcast but this time nor do i not want to know and nor will i not know these guys are keeping it stealth and close to the vest so the quarterback situation a lot of mock draft guys nationally have the Raiders. I'd say 50% taking of them Levis. have them taking a quarterback. And if Anthony Richardson's available or for them to trade up, I don't think you go get a quarterback. Here's why, Kenny. They went out and got Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a really good quarterback. He's not elite. He's a winner. He wins a lot of games. When he is 100%, you can't predict he's going to get injured. you got to assume he's going to be 100%. He's going to be better in the red zone than Derek Carr was, and Derek was a good player. I have a lot of callers on my show that say, you know, they think it's a lateral move or Derek was better. I say, okay, let's play this game. I agree with you. It's a lateral move. It's a lateral move, but what happens if Garoppolo is 10 to 20% better than Carr just in the red zone? I'll take that lateral move all day long, and I love Derek, and he's a friend, but I think Garoppolo is a better decision maker in the red zone, which Josh McDaniels requires on a fast-paced offense where the ball's supposed to come out correctly to the guy who's open and quickly. And he's going to demand that, and he gets it from Jimmy G. So if the Raiders take a quarterback and park him behind Jimmy G, here's what we're going to learn. We're going to learn that the Raiders are caring about the quarterback at the highest level you can imagine as the franchise face for the next 10 years. Okay. Number two, Jimmy G's not going to be here long. Not. He'll play year one. Maybe the guy comes in like Mahomes to Alex Smith in week 12 or 14. Jimmy won't be here after that. And it says that the Raiders didn't make it a priority with that first pick to get a defender, which is their biggest need. So if they do take a quarterback, believe me, they're going to love that quarterback. They're going to have a big reason why they took him, and there'll be no doubt in your mind and my mind that Dave Ziegler believes this guy is too important to pass on. Okay, what about offensive line? Because the kid out of Northwestern is pretty good. And I know they went last year, and I thought Parham did a nice job at right guard and at center. Uh, You know, you keep Illuminor and Bars, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. on the left side. uh, I'm sorry, on the the right right side. side. On the left side, Colton Miller got out to a slow start but really solidified himself like he has done. A lot of people poo-pooed that pick when they grabbed him number nine out of UCLA. So I think 
the offensive line, maybe depth-wise, may need some help. But maybe you look what second, third round. You, they need another. Line. They need another lock starter on the offensive line. They have guys like Thayer Mumford and Bars and the guys you talked about who aren't starters. They're project guys that they got to try to work. The left side is set. You're going to have Colton Miller. You're going to have Dylan Parham. You're going to have Andre James. Parham can play center. If Parham turns out a year from now to be a better center, he'll move to center, and they'll get another left guard. But coming in, Miller, Parham, and especially Andre James, they're going to go with that. Then they have a couple of guys coming back from injury, and they have the depth of the swing tackles there. But I don't think it's worth getting an offensive line in the seventh pick overall. That's too rich for me. I'm a big fan of getting a free agent. I like when you go out and get a free agent on the on. Like Denver got McGlinchey. They overpaid for him a lot. They gave him like, they gave him like Devontae Adams type money to play, you know, right guard or play on the out line there. I don't think the Raiders have the money or want to do that. So if the Raiders get a right tackle, but he's more than a project, he's a real right tackle who can play, I'd do that in the third or fourth round. Kenny, I'm all defense. They're going to take either Devon Weatherspoon or Christian Gonzalez at number seven, who's ever there. I'd go Witherspoon first because he's a little bit more physical and he's good at the run and the pass. And then in the second round, I get a defensive tackle. And as I said on Raider Nation Radio this week, I believe personally that they're going to go out. I, I don't know this to be true, but I'm hoping they trade back into the first round. My ideal draft will be corner at seven, defensive tackle trading into the first round, get two in the first round, Wipe your hands clean, wish the next team good luck, and you know you're coming out with two really good defensive starters. If they stay there in the first four picks and they get three defensive starters, I'll do backflips down Las Vegas Boulevard. But the first four or five picks better play. They better not be project guys who have to be developed over two to three years. we got to know that these guys can play, and I think Dave Ziegler and his brand-new scouting staff are going to do a much better job because Mike Mayock and Gruden and those guys were great to me they really missed on a lot of picks unfortunately great intentions good players cleveland farrell alex leatherwood played at the highest level of football henry ruggs the third damon arnett waving a gun ended up at he was ohio state a star for them they whipped on all those guys you whip on one of those four you're fine now matt frack josh mcdaniels and dave ziggler off the coast they're not here because the raiders would have still been winning 10 or 11 games the reason why these gentlemen were brought in those draft picks alone took this team and moved them back so far personnel-wise, they got to dig out of a monster hole now, Kenny. Okay, so you go back to last year. Let's real quick, we sum it up. You lose nine games by one score. I mean, some of them were just brutal. In fact, my birthday is one of the worst birthdays I'll ever remember, the 20 nothing lead against the Cardinals. Oh, where they, I think, going. oh, my God, September 18th. I'll never forget it. It was just unbelievable. But one of the most amazing stats in sports history, all sports, is that the Raiders – in their history in 60 years only blew five games total where they led by 17 or more and then they blow three of those games last year alone so just hard luck look it's not good i get it the new england connection coming in mr davis bringing these these guys in ziegler and and josh mcdaniels they're tight uh you know they played college football together they know each other winning ways with new england look tom brady in his heyday is tom brady it didn't pan out I kind of felt Derek got the short end of the stick only because, only because you had a Waller and a Renfro all pro years the year before. They missed 15 games combined between them last year. So bringing in Adams is great and having a great year from Josh Jacobs is all well and good. But if you have two guys that you counted on to have the same season or similar seasons that they had the year before and they missed 15 games combined, you're not going to get that same shake. And so I thought maybe Derek 
got the raw end of the, st- of, of the mm-hmm. stick there. But I'm okay with Garoppolo. I like Garoppolo. He's been very consistent as long as he stays healthy. And like you said, got to yeah. go in thinking he's going to stay healthy. And Kenny, I got the depth chart in front of me, kind of on, in pen and pencil here, of what this team's going to be able to do. I got it right here. This offense is so loaded, and I think in a good spot now, because they're going to break the huddle. We mentioned the offensive line. On, on the outside, they're going to have Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, who's a very good slot player. Very good. Then they're going to have Hunter Renfro if he's here. Right. I'll make that point. I, if I agree. he's here, and I hope he is because I think they can do wonders with Hunter Renfro, bringing in Amendola as the coach now who played that position. And then on the outside, they have Philip Dorsett and Keelan Cole who are fast. They're only going to keep one of them, probably Dorsett, who's a really good burner on the outside. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing. Uh, you were, Dr- di- were you disappointed in Keelan Cole last year? Yeah, I, I don't really put a lot of time and in talking to six, the sixth receiver on the team. I, I care about Devontae. I could talk three hours with you about Devontae. It's unbelievable. Keelan Cole made a great touchdown catch in a big game last year. He was called on to make a couple of catches. He did. He had a little, a few drops. With the, he's, he's a guy that's not going to take us to a Super Bowl or lose a Super Bowl. But they led the league in rushing. And they brought in a kid named DeAndre Carter. And he's going to be their special teams punt returner, kick returner. He's not good. He's great. He was the best, one of the best in the league at that. So Hunter doesn't have to take back punts. That's big time. Okay, which is important. So their offense, Cam Sims comes in from Washington. They are really good at receiver, running back, quarterback. Uh, they brought in Austin Hooper, who can play. He can play in this league. He went to a couple of Pro Bowls. He's and not OJ a Howard was pretty damn good when he OJ first came Howard's in the league. Fine, he's not great, but Waller wasn't available last year. So let's get rid of the offense. Then we move to defense. Max Crosby is going to be there. They brought in two new starters and Marcus Epps at safety. He played in 20 games for the Eagles last year, including the Super Bowl. Robert Spillane, I got I to gotta see him to believe him. I haven't talked to him yet, but he's definitely starting at one of the linebacker positions. Then they're going to get a starting corner. I think they're going to get a starting defensive tackle. I really believe that Chandler Jones, whose legs activated slow last year and he came on at the end of the year, I think he's going to change his training and regiment and come in better this year. Mad Max is fantastic. And I think if they can get three more starters on defense with the backups they have in the depth, they won't be a laughing stock. The teams and the critics around the league think the Raiders have nothing on defense. They didn't, they didn't take into account the draft is coming up a week from tomorrow. If the Raiders thread the needle and get three to four players who will start, they're going to be fine because then the offense will have 11 starters instead of six or seven in rotation guys. So... There's a lot on the line next Thursday. McMahon for comes over, takes over special teams, and uh, Trent Sieg is gone, long snapper. A lot of people don't look at long snapper, but he has a lot of chemistry with A.J. Cole and Daniel Carlson. Those three guys were you know, yeah. three peas in a pod. They bring in the kid from Denver, or not a kid, a, a veteran in Bob and Warrior. So, He'll uh, be fine. I mean, yeah. look, again, Sieg was once a Raider, always a Raider. You know, you're a diehard Raider fan. We wish him well. He's not here. He's a long snapper. He contributed well, and he got along with everybody, but... You know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time debating a long snapper. I need to know that Nate Hobbs, if Nate Hobbs, if you get Christian Gonzalez and you have Nate Hobbs and then you take one of these several guys that they brought in, David Long Jr., Sam Webb, Duke Shelley, the right. new guys, in, and one of them pops, then you're going to have Christian Gonzalez or Devon Weatherspoon, Nate Hobbs, and one of the six or seven guys competing for that final third spot. That's fine. They'll be good. They won't be great, but they'll be developing a young Namdi Asamoah a young player that could be a star maybe in this league. Kenny, the one point I want to make before the top of the hour is there's so much importance on this draft. I love free agency. I take the bait. I love looking at the quarterback in the draft. I love all the shiny objects. But these guys come from a different culture. 
it's really different, man. And a lot of Raider fans got to get over it. They've been really giving these guys a bad raw deal because these guys are coming in here breaking it down because they see the structure of the former scouting department, the former way they did it, evaluated films, and they came in and said, we're not going to disrespect those gentlemen, but we do it completely different where we come from. And we're not, you know, Matt Patricia hasn't done well. Josh McDaniels as a head coach hasn't done well. And they're going to try to turn that around. But the scouting department is rooted in the principles of Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. Give them a year or two to run that algorithm. Give them a year or two to run their scouting trips to colleges. Give them a year or two to break down film differently, and let's see what they do. Great stuff from JT the Brick. Folks, we'll be back. We'll wrap SportsX Radio up. We are live. Steiner's Pub as we are. 1750 North Buffalo is the address. One of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. 8410 West Cheyenne, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South. JT will chime in. While I'll have a few more questions, we'll go around the NFL, look at that draft a little bit more. I'll get you updated on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Mark Hoke running the show. The Mark Hoke Show Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here, KDON. 101.5 FM streaming live on that Odyssey app. You like professional wrestling, you'll love the Mark Hoke Show. We are live at Steiner's, live from Vegas. Ken Thompson, JT the Brick, you know that recognizable voice, Raider guy for a long, long time, and looking forward to wrapping up the show with him on a Wednesday night. Folks, you are listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson. We'll be right back. I guess he's through with me To tell the truth you just can't see What's kept the woman holding on this long? And the white line's getting longer, and the saddle's getting cold. I'm much too young to feel this damn old. All my cards are on the table with no waste left in the hole. I'm much too young to feel this damn old. Ah, uh, yeah, we are back on a Wednesday night hump day. KT picking out some of that music. Not the Orioles magic song. That goes every time the Orioles win. Mark Hoke's Orioles magic song plays, and they won again today 4 nothing, shutting out the Nats. Back-to-back shutouts for those O's to go to 11-7 tied with JT the Bricks. Yankees second place behind Tampa Bay's Rays. But a little Garth Brooks, and he had a great concert at Legion Stadium. And there's just certain songs that I really enjoy, and sometimes I'll just write them down, and I'll do the music. But most of the nights, Mark Hoke is spinning the hits. Real quick, Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Just update, the Nuggets were able to hold off the T-Wolves, who really made a nice game of it in the third quarter. And the Nuggets actually cover by a point. Minus eight, they win it by nine, 122-113. Game flies over the 222. Bucks cruise over the heat without Giannis, 138-122. Seven guys in double figures, six of them with 17 or more. The Grizz hold off the Lakers without John Morant, 103-93. Head back to L.A., tied at one apiece on the ice. We've got one game going. Edmonton leading the L.A. Kings down to a minute five to go third period. Kings will be pulling the goalie. Florida doubles up on Boston, evens that series up. They go back to Florida tied at one. Carolina 2-0 lead now over the Islanders with the OT victory over the Isles 4-3 in Dallas. Pulls away from Minnesota, was 4-3, finishes 7-3. Stars even that series after losing in double overtime the other night to the Minnesota Wild. Ken Thompson and JT the Brick. And uh, JT, we've got plenty of action. NBA and NHL Mm -hmm. playoffs going to continue. Major League Baseball. Really fun watching the uh, major leagues. A lot of competitive games and divisions now. I know it's early on, but it's a lot of fun. Talking NFL draft with you, talking Raiders. But what about some of the other teams? Teams like uh, Denver and the Chargers and Kansas City in the draft, of course, in KC. 
And just when you think KC might kind of like relax and say, yeah, we got another Super Bowl, they don't. They continue to go out and tweak that roster year after year. Kansas City had a great draft last year. That's the only reason they won the Super Bowl. They did. I, Kansas City lost Tyreek Hill. They lost players. They reloaded, and they did great in the draft. Seattle's the only draft that was better last year, having Geno and then hitting four or five guys in that draft on their first five or six picks made the difference. That's what I've been hoping for the Raiders to do. Look, Kansas City has owned this Raiders team recently at a level that I've almost ever seen in sports. And I've been around sports a long time. I've seen Jordan and what he did to my Knicks. I've seen the Yankees do certain things like to the Our Knicks. Whatever it is. There's always <laughs> What I've seen Kansas City do to the Raiders is completely unacceptable, all because of just a couple of players. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes. But they're all going to the Hall of Fame and getting... You know, uh, yellow jacket—they're getting gold jackets. So when you look at what the Raiders have to do, they've tried with two or three different regimes to try to track down Kansas City. They have proven that they can't do that. That's why Ziggler and McDaniel's are here to try a different style than what Gruden and Mayock wanted to do, and Reggie McKenzie and Jack Del Rio before that, and Jack had some success. Kansas City, I think, is going to have another year where they're going to be right in the playoffs. They should be heavy favorites to win the AFC West. The biggest surprise to me of all these teams is the Chargers. So I root pretty heavy against the Chargers being Raider Nation. And the Chargers can't get out of the way of themselves. The Chargers are a disaster. Every time there's a Raider-Charger game, either Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, or Derwin James can't play. One of them. If they all played in the prime of their careers the way Tatum, Atkinson, and Bolitnikoff never missed a game against the Kansas City Chiefs, that's why the Raiders were better in this rivalry. And then Justin Herbert blew a 27 to nothing lead. Kenny, I've told you this privately in the press box and as a friend. He's the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen since John Elway. Better than Andrew Luck. Better prospect. Better prospect than Peyton Manning. The skill set that I've seen him play with when he plays in Las Vegas and I'm on the field or I'm there. And I saw him in the COVID game. There was only nine people in the stadium. I've never seen throws like that. He's not going away anytime soon. He is a very good player, and that team's going to be good for a while. And then Denver, thank God I got that right. All these national pundits, radio and TV, last two years, and especially Russell Wilson coming in, they're going to the AFC Championship game. No, they're not. They gave up a lot of players to get Russell Wilson. They haven't been very good. The Raiders fired Vic Fangio and Nathaniel Hackett. The Raiders did because they couldn't beat the Raiders, and that gets more heat than Denver than anything. But they're going to get it right with Sean Payton. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but Denver's personnel is not as good as you think, especially if Russell Wilson isn't playing at a Hall of Fame level anymore. Yeah, and Joe Lombardi takes over offensive coordinator there for the uh, Broncos as well. Uh, yeah, it should be interesting. No doubt Sean Payton stepped away from the game for a little bit, worked in the booth, so stayed on top of everything, and it'll be interesting to see how he helps out Russell Wilson get back on his game. But you're right, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick stepped up big time last year. was really the surprise. If Jerry Judy can pan out and be that solid route runner that he was at Bama, they could have a lethal uh, receiving core, no question about it. And they, they have some pretty good tight ends. Dulcich, outstanding from UCLA. I like the way he plays. No doubt. I'll just tell you about the Raiders again. The Raiders were a six-win team. When they won 10, they probably shouldn't have won 10, but they did. They won four in a row at the end. They were very fortunate who they played, when they played. But Rich Basaccia deserves respect on his name. He won those games. Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler took a look at the roster when they took over, and they didn't have a lot of time. They vetted the Raiders just as much as Mark vetted them. They agreed to terms. They became the GM and the head coach. And then they had to get to their first draft without their first two picks because of Devontae, first and second round. So now they have a full arsenal of draft picks. They brought in 
really good players in the offseason, not on defense. If the Raiders have a great day Thursday, but more importantly Friday, I think the Raiders are going to at least quiet their critics a little bit because those critics, Kenny, right now, they're chirping. They're real loud. There you go. You laid the goal and a half with Edmonton. You got it. You got the empty netter 4-2. to two. They beat the Kings. That you. is a final. Gave that out and got it late. JT, real quick, Golden Knights in action tomorrow. They've got to take care of business. Got about a minute and a half. But if they go 0-2 back to Manitoba, they're done. Uh, I'll be in the building tomorrow night. I'm going in, and I've been to a few games this year. This is a must-win for obvious reasons. This is not a very good Winnipeg team, but they're physical. They're pushing them around. They intimidated the hell out of them in game one, and they're going to have the same game plan. And they got to a hell run of a goalie and hell of when he gets that. going. Yeah. Eichel's got to step up. Stone's not ready to play. They brought him back too soon. Marcia, so someone's going to have to have a big game. How about Eichel, who got all that money? How about him having his early defining moment with the Vegas Golden Knights in game two? Two goals, an assist. Get this engine going again so they can put Winnipeg away and then get ready for the next series between Edmonton or the Kings, whoever comes to T-Mobile. One of the busiest and hardest working men in the sports talk era. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, JT the Brick. Always taking time out for SportsX Radio when you can. Even on a, a rare off night, you come into SportsX Radio. We come in every year I come on with you. We're talking to Brady Cannon about it, too. Every year I do a deep dive on the draft with you before the draft. Let's keep that tradition humming. JT, love you, man. You're awesome. Folks, follow him at JT the Brick on Twitter. He is one of the best in the business. He is a true gentleman and just an outstanding human being. Love the guy, and he takes time out for SportsX Radio. That'll do it for us on a hump day. Tomorrow night, throwback Thursday, Andy Isco in studio at PSBR Law Studios. And, of course, Roberto Clemente Jr. will join us in the first hour. Looking forward to AI and myself keeping you updated on all the NBA, NHL playoffs. Chiming in, of course, with our producer, Mark Hoke. The Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. That'll do it on a Wednesday. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Steiner Sports X Radio, I'm Ken Thompson. I've enjoyed it. Have a great night, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow night. God bless. Good night, everybody.